Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. Oh, I got an AMC story to tell you in a few oh, minutes. Oh, I bet you do. Are they still running that horrible Nicole Kidman thing? Oh, my God. Boo every time. You know, just shut up. Exactly. I'm there already. Don't tell me to come. I'm already there. The Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. Well, that was our dear friend Cinema Lou explaining his anger every time he goes to the movies. You gotta love an angry critic. <laughs> That's why I love Cinema Lou. And there's new Nicole Kidman AMC ads about to come out, I read. They're gonna replace oh, them with no. new ones. Really? I'm pretty sure, so Cinema oh, Lou, the subs member. Arch, since you just brought it up here at the top of the show, I have found the first of three new AMC Nicole Kidman promos. I gotta play it for you. We come to this place to love, to cry, to care. That indescribable feeling when the lights begin to dim. Dazzling images on a huge silver screen. Beautiful music soaring through me. And we go somewhere we've never been before. That's magic. AMC Theatres. We make movies better. And here to make podcasts better. Hello, everybody. I'm Arch Campbell, and this is the podcast that tries to keep you informed on the ever-changing world of entertainment. Lou Katz is large and in charge in Katz Podcast Worldwide Headquarters. That's me. He is directing traffic. Right. <laughs> Squeezing the knobs and sliding the faders. That's all I'm going to Why do you get thrown off the radios talking like that? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> my guests today include two of my favorites. First, from WTOP Radio, the Oscar savant, the entertainment guru, the critic at large, our friend Jason Fraley. Yes, Hi, man. Jason. Hey, thanks for having me back. It's almost Oscar yeah. time. This is an exciting time of year. Well, I'm glad you're excited about it. I want to talk about that. And uh, speaking of excited, from the Saturday Evening Post, who still gets his checks signed by Benjamin Franklin, <laughs> longtime <laughs> critic and raconteur, Mr. Bill Newcott. Raconteur. Raconteur. You made me feel like Maurice Chevalier in the GE. <laughs> <laughs> Thank heaven. Boy, little girl. want to have you on for a while, Bill. So glad you're here. So let's to be start. Uh, and Bill, uh, what are you watching and what do you like? Uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about movies because that's what I get paid to watch. So... <laughs> Because I don't watch, I don't, I don't watch that much TV. But I, I tell you, really? a movie called The Taste of Things. Have you seen it with Juliette? Juliette, love Binoche? the idea. Been love it. it. It's a really, you know, it's a, it's it's food porn, I guess, if you think about it. Because we, literally, the I think the first thirty minutes of that film are just someone working in the kitchen making this magnificent meal, and it's it's really nicely done. And you don't have to be an, a food obsessive to to love that film it's just so lovingly and crafted and and when you get past the food the performances are wonderful she uh Binoche is is terrific as as the, the assistant uh, longtime assistant to a, a chef was she in uh chocolate she's i guess she, all these was food, she one in food movies one of, <laughs> she was one of those french ladies who's in a movie that's all i know i, yeah, I think she might have been in chocolate 
yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The food also are... have you have you seen the monk and the gun no the monk and the gun it's a film from Bhutan I think it might be up for an Oscar I'm not sure it's a, a terrific movie it's, it's set in the foothills of the Himalayas and and it's it, kind of based on a true story where the the country is, is the king has said I'm not going to be king anymore now we're going to become a democracy this happens in like in 1990 uh, 2002 and so it's it's about this village where they're trying to teach the people in the village what democracy is how you vote they've never voted for anything in their lives mm. the whole notion of you know having a say in your in the people who tell you what to do is is foreign to them and it's it's real and, and this American drops in because he's trying to buy a rare gun from from someone who lives in, in the town. This one is so rare. I'll give them $75,000. Yes, you want something lesser than that? Wait, why would a monk take our gun? And and he's sort of the, he's he's us in this film observing what's going on. But it, it's a it's a terrific take on, on how you can appreciate democracy. You know, going from, it, there are some people who say we're kind of moving away from democracy in this country. This is a country that's moving towards it, and it can be just as fraught with fear and, and uncertainty. So it's, it's a really wonderful film, The Monk and the Gun. Now, I want to go back to The Taste of very quickly mm -hmm. because um, it has opened, and I am very interested in it. And it uh, it's playing intermittently. It's, it's hard to find, like... Uh, it's at uh, the mall uh, showings a day, noon and and six <laughs> o'clock or something. They're, yeah, they're kind of downplaying it, and I, and I really want to see it. You should seek it out, and I, yeah, I mean, it'll be fine if you watch it on your big screen at home. Uh, but it's a good movie to see if you can see it now in the, in the theater. It's it's the boot photography is a whole different art, and this this film really really nails it. One of my favorite food films of all time is uh, Babette's Feast. Mm. And uh, my wife and I often uh, quote the line from Babette's Feast, we will eat the food, but we will not enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Remember uh, that? <laughs> well, they need they need the uh, olive oil dispenser that Arch and Gina gave us for our wedding gift. We, we <laughs> Pour a little olive oil on it. Jason, it better. I want to put a plug in for a movie that you big city folk probably are turning your noses up at, but it's Ordinary Angels with Hilary Swank mm. and Alan Richson, mm -hmm. who's the guy who played Reacher on TV. It's a really faith good based. movie. Faith-based movie. It is right? a faith-based movie, but it's also what they call a boats. Have you heard that term for boats? No. Based on a true story, boats. Mm -hmm. It's about a dad who has who's down on his luck and the woman who kind of gets the whole community to help him out, and it's kind of has a very Capra-esque feel about it. The big surprise is Alan Richson, who played Reacher. Have you ever watched the Reacher shows? Where right. he's, he acts like you think he's the like the quarterback who got, somehow got cast in the school play and he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, he's very, very good in this movie. He turns out turns out he's a fine actor. And and the script is solid. Meg Tilly co-wrote the script, of all people. Yeah, yeah with that, I believe with uh, Kelly Freeman Craig, who did um, uh, The Edge of are you there, Mark? Are you there, guys? Me and Margaret. Margaret. Yeah. Bill, I actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually, I was surprised how much I liked Ordinary Angels as well. Um, You know, because when you, you see the, the posters and everything, it's going to think it's going to be like Hallmark or whatever. But I actually yeah. thought it was, 
It was, it was, I enjoyed it. Hillary Swank sort of does, uh, art. She sort of does like a Aaron Brockovich kind of a thing, you know, yeah. like help trying to help this critically ill, ill kid who's just lost her mom, too. I'm going to put together a press kit for a corporate donations, that kind of thing. I've owned four small businesses. I'm good at plenty of things. Taking no for an answer ain't one of them. We are going to save this girl. You hear me? It's a faith based movie, but you know, I didn't, never thought it really came across preachy or anything. And, uh, the, the law is sort of, uh, you know, it takes a village to do God's work. We all have to get in there and do the work. And um, I, the now, Bill, did you think the log line was a little list misleading for me? Like the snowstorm, it, it it said all this happens during a snowstorm, but that snowstorm's not really until like you know the last 20, 30 minutes. But um, I guess I could see why they did that because it's such a you know a flurry of activity at the end that people would probably be like, oh, that that's too good to be true. But it actually yeah. is true. And that's you realize and it. Yeah. The the scene the scene I found most moving in that film was that scene when he's in the car with his daughter critically ill he's trying to get her to a transplant in, yeah. a, in a blizzard and it's just a scene between him and this little girl and he is just and he's he's trying not to cry in front of her but he's because he knows he says we're going home and what he means we're going home where you're going to die right and uh it, gosh it just anyone who has ever been a parent or thought about being a parent will just be devastated by that scene however it's as a boat as a boat it's a ha you can be sure it's a happy ending yeah. is that streaming yet no, it's, it's in only theaters. in theaters. Only in theaters. Only in theaters. Yeah. As okay. they say. Jason, what about you? What are you watching? What do you like? Well, that I was gonna mention Ordinary Angels as like a you know pleasantly surprised. Um I also went, I know Dune 2 comes out this weekend. I'm excited to see it. I haven't seen the new one yet. When you see sand here, imagine water. If you dive in, you can't reach the bottom. You dive in. Yes, it's called swimming. <laughs> I don't I don't believe you. In the shadows of Arrakis lie many secrets but the darkest of them all may remain i did go back and watch you know we watched uh the first one on on max and the man i was just reminded the the cast is so incredible and in that it's so well paced the v like the vehicles there's like a helicopter thing that looks like a dragonfly uh they're so imaginative and <laughs> i was just reminded that denis villeneuve uh is one of like the best visual storytellers that that we have going i always loved um prisoners that he did um and then uh, um Arch, I think we saw Arrival together at a screener. Right, um, right. The Amy Adams one with talking to the aliens. Um, but in, I guess he did the new, <laughs> the Blade Runner, the the re reboot of that sequel. Um, so, but yeah, I, I just thought Dune, I, very pleasant, really great going back and revisiting that. And if, if there's only flaw of that first one, I thought was, that it sort of just abruptly ends at exactly. the end, right as Zendaya shows up. But it's because it's a part one, part two. I know a lot of movies do that nowadays. Now, but you really... say the first one. There was one back in yeah. the late 80s, wasn't the there? David Lynch. David Lynch. Yeah. And yeah. It did that was not... a flop. Yeah. However, yeah. I, was, I, just, I just commented to someone this week. The first 15 minutes of David Lynch's Dune are 15 of my favorite move moments in cinema. Mm. If you go back mm. and watch it, it's just like you are so excited for what's going to happen. And then it, it narratively falls apart. It's visually always fantastic. But what, <laughs> go rewatch the first 15 minutes of Lynch's Dune. It's pretty fantastic. Okay, okay we'll do. We'll do. And uh, But yeah, uh, yeah. so Arch, I meant the first one of the new uh, <laughs> part one, part two. Uh, that, <laughs> so um, I hear the second one's up. even better. I can't, I can't wait for it. Um, but in, what, uh, in terms of TV shows, um, I just checked out, I guess we'll stay on the sci-fi, um, genre here. Uh, I just saw a new one called Constellation on Apple. Yeah. You guys watching yeah, that? yeah. Yeah. I watched that. No, yeah, I watched Pass. 
Yeah, she was in Prometheus, um, which I thought was like an underrated um, Ridley Scott. Well, she I was the people. original uh, in uh, uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah, the Swedish was, original. Yeah. Elizabeth Sound. Which was a rough, rough movie. Yeah. Pretty, basically, uh, before everyone here in the States knows Rooney Mara in the role, but she was uh-huh. the originator. Um, but yeah, she's this, um, she's a, an astronaut, you know, they're sort of like a Sandra Bullock gravity, like, you know, the uh, disaster on the ship. But, uh, but when the twist is when, you know, when she comes back to earth, um, uh, her life isn't exactly what it seems. She's starting to, she wonders if she's having like hallucinations. She sees like two versions of her daughter who are actually played by real life twin sisters. I looked up and realized. So it's like, wow. I have a piano in my house. And I don't play the piano. Do you have hallucinations? Yeah. Astronauts go through things they don't understand. That's when people come unstuck. It's fascinating in like, a um, if you like, you know, Nolan's Interstellar or Tarkovsky's like Stellaris, that sort of that, like, am I seeing visions of things, and you know, mind bending timeline kind of stuff. Um, but I will say like, I, I almost bailed on it, Archie, in like the first or second episode because, <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad I didn't. I ended You're getting up like me. Yeah, well, it, it jumps well, around in t- it jumps around in time so much, but yeah. you know the the her pre life before space and then the disaster and then um uh you know after she comes back with things different like there's so much going on with that that even that alone if they presented that chronologically it would be like interesting to follow, but they move even those three pieces around so like you're you know the disaster is going on, but then you're back afterwards and there's like a snowy cabin. It's kind of kind of confusing and with let's yeah. mention that jonathan banks shows up too i love that you know the guy from breaking bad the dc yeah. guy who's DC native uh, yeah yeah uh, he's like the mission he, control guy right like the uh, former astronaut in the shadows like yeah. dig, digging to see and he takes uh, these pills yeah the pills are like a little uh clue a little easter egg as to what's going on they're right. taking and, pills and and he's very short with the the media. Whenever he goes on cable news, <laughs> uh, but he starts. He has some exposition scenes where he finally starts to explain sort of like the quantum physics of it all. You know what I mean? Like a an atomical level of like an Oppenheimer or something. I don't know. But so I'm I'm starting to warm up to it. But you know, I I I was a little confused by the first one or two episodes. But I'm I'm glad I, I watched with it. it. I watched it. I, I made an effort to watch it, and I like uh, Nomi uh, particularly because of yeah. the, the original girl with the dragon tattoo, yeah. and it just bored me to death. It just was like watching paint dry. How many episodes is it? <laughs> Eight total. They've dropped, I guess, four so far. I've only seen yeah. the first three. Um, it's it's getting better, but yes, I agree, Arch. It's kind of slow and also confusing the, at the beginning. It looked what about- good. Look, yeah. look great, you know, very futuristic, the space stuff, but... Uh, I think six yeah. is the optimal number of episodes for a TV series. Six is yeah. good. Six Just is as I say, no movie six. should be over two hours long. I've had, you know I'm what really, I think is good? No, no miniseries should be more than six. One installment is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> one is nice. One is the best. One, two, three, I don't care if it's three, four hours, whatever it is, but give me a self-contained story. I miss it. But all right, or now I digress. But what, what else are you all watching on TV, Arch? What, True Detective? I have been that? fishing around. I've fished around all these things. You Did you watch the Jodie Foster True Detective? I did. Night the Night Country. Did you? Yeah. What would you think? Yeah. 
Uh, I liked well, I, it. Yeah. Right. I, I I mean, I liked her very much. The cast I thought was fantastic. Oh, mm-hmm. Um, I I wasn't satisfied with the with the the resolution. I felt they left a lot of things un un untied together at the end, and so it turned out to be more of a mood piece than an actual mystery because the mysteries weren't really all solved by the end of it. Yeah, I really, I really, really, really wanted to love it. Like, uh, you know, because I love Jodie Foster, yeah, obviously, back yeah. back in that genre, Science of Lambs, all that. So good um, and in I love Nyad. True Detective. Mm. Oh, Nyad. I, Nyad, she, man. So she glad was... she and Benning are nominated. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, like th- th- there was a lot of elements I loved about it. Like I love the atmosphere, that whole idea of polar polar night where you know it's never there's no sunlight and the snow and all this. Um, uh, but I oh, so there's a lot of elements I did like about it. Um, oh. some good jump scares, but the but it was kind of slow and I I didn't I don't know the supernatural stuff felt a little off brand to me. Like there were some jump scares, like you know where she turns and the little girl screams in her face, but then in the end we're led to believe that maybe there's a logical explanation instead. So I'm like, but wait a minute, do those, how do you square those two? I got some wind river vibes. Remember the Taylor Sheridan thing Yeah. Um, Yeah. with the, with indigenous people. So, um, but that was, I don't know. I, I kind of more gravitate more towards that because it was, Sort of a logical explanation that without the I had heard about Mr. and Mrs. Smith starting on uh, Amazon Prime, a new yeah. um, uh, series of that. It's uh, Maya Erskine and I think Donald Glover. And uh, re- remember, uh, it was a great movie with um, uh, Brad Pitt and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Angelina. Angelina, when they back were back when Brangelina was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just thought it was flat. You know, it's like, eh, I'm not going to watch this. I give, give me, I want to fall in love with a, a, a series and I can't find one. Wasn't it originally a Hitchcock movie? Mr. Yeah, I think, yeah, back in the maybe Carol Lombard, 30s, yeah. early 41, 41, something like that. Yeah. Robert Taylor, maybe, yeah. or Robert Montgomery. Robert Montgomery. Robert Montgomery, yeah. that would have been. Yeah, yeah. I think it's what he made after. It's not one of Hitchcock's, you know, more lauded, memorable mm-hmm. ones, but it was what he made right after um he won Best Picture with Rebecca. I think it, I think that was what he followed up with, or maybe Foreign Correspondent, or so, it was somewhere in that run with Suspicion yeah, and all that. Yeah, um, Hitchcock. When Hitchcock was trying to be funny, he wasn't all that funny. He's kind of like Spielberg in that way. Yeah. Uh, but when but it, when but then, when but he, there when, were really funny moments in his non-funny. Yeah. In exactly. His when yeah, when yeah, when exactly. he uses humor like to break the uh, the tension, he's hilarious. Like the breadsticks fingers breaking in a frenzy you know there's there's moments <laughs> that are just so darkly comic you're like man um but yeah and the, yeah i don't know arch so true detective yeah. was kind of mixed and constellation the jury's still out and so I've, I've kind of been just leaning on sitcoms lately like abbott elementary and not dead yet on wednesdays and ghosts on yeah, thursdays That's yeah. like are you watching my- uh the new season of uh curb your enthusiasm I ha- I haven't I haven't started haven't the latest. Started, this is yeah. the last one, and I'm sure the last one. And in fact, R- the episode Lewis that's on later. this week, uh, Richard Lewis is on it too. I'm leaving you in my will. I'm tweaking it, and you're in it. No, no, no! Don't don't do that. It's done. You're in. I don't want to be in. I got I have money. I don't need it. Give it to someone who needs it. When I die, I want you to know how much I care about you. I'm not going to keep it. I'm going to give it to charity. You're my best friend, you're getting it. No, I'm it. making a Shermanist statement about the will right now. I'm sick of your historical references. If nominated, I will not run. If bequeathed, I will not accept. Well, I'm bequeathed. Well, I'm not accepting. You'll have to accept. Don't give it to me. Don't hurt my feelings. I'm not going to keep a penny of it. You're hurting me. Thank you, but I don't want it. I'm giving it to you anyway, pal. Oh, Oh, man. What a shame. Ladies and gentlemen, Richard Lewis. You got to love a neurotic comic. (laughs) (laughs) 
You gotta love a guy who gets out there and says, I'm in pain. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Help. Well, that's where all the best stuff comes from, right? Is the right. neurotic. Yeah. Yeah. But um, he- I remember uh, him in, um, uh, well, I know a lot of people, he was in that sitcom, Anything But Love, right? Jamie mm-hmm. Curtis. But I, I first Jamie saw him Lee as a kid. In the Mel Brooks, um, he was Prince John in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Remember With the mole? Stop me if I'm wrong about this, but wasn't your mole on the other side? I have a mole. Yeah, and at the end he gets his comeuppance, and they say because he's playing Prince John. At the end he gets the comeuppance, and they say the king returns. And he's like, from this day forth, all the toilets in this kingdom shall be known as John's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But him and Larry David just riffing in curb, yeah. you know, is is classic stuff. They knew each other as kids. They went to a camp together uh, in uh, upstate New York and hated each other and, uh, you know, have been friends ever since. <laughs> so who knew? I, Larry David posted something yesterday that was like you you um you made me ball like a baby today and for that i'll never forgive you like yeah. <laughs> jabbing each other even into eternity <laughs> man well so i saw one movie that i am telling everyone who can find it to find it and that movie is perfect days oh Have yes either of you seen that yes i have jason Perfect I haven't days. yet. I I, re- I really really want to because I love um I love Vim Vendors like Paris Texas is probably one of the best movies I've ever seen and Wings of Desire and what was that Buena Vista Social Club that documentary mm-hmm. anyway but what's Perfect you, Days is it like a, a, you a, may a, have a screener of it if you got mm-hmm. that A twenty four book of uh, of uh, movies yeah it's, uh, it's in that big hard real... red case where with uh Duvernay's pull it out and movies. watch it man you'll really thank me it's the story it's a guy in tokyo living a very quiet life and his job is cleaning toilets and it's mm-hmm. day by day of his life and uh which he lives moment by moment and uh watching you have to slow down the experience of the movie is like just taking a deep breath and and sitting back and slowing down and it's i i found it just an extraordinary movie you saw it bill yeah he's wonderful koji yajusho mm-hmm. he's the guy who was in uh, shall we dance many years ago that wonderful oh, film i remember that um, he so he, play, he kind of made a career playing every man kind of characters um interestingly Vin Vendors was invited to Tokyo because they wanted him to make a movie about their toilets because they they built these mm-hmm. 71 or 17 designer public yeah, restaurants. Yeah, they were like around. art installations. Yeah, and, he, and they thought he'd be interested in making a movie about that whole phenomenon. And he saw a story, and they shot that film in like two weeks, really, really fast. Damn. But the, I think one of the things I love about that movie is the playlist. Every morning, the guy gets up, and he sets yeah. his cassette recorder yeah. with nice. all the songs he's going to listen to all day. Yeah. And the playlist is fantastic. It's House of the Rising Sun and Dock of the Bay, and I love it. Uh, perfect, and, and Lou Reed's Perfect Day, of course. So if you if you catch a matinee of it, is it? Do you see it during the bud day? <laughs> uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, I'm here all week. Um, uh, very good. But I think I think uh, well, this is a lot of toilet puns so far. This episode, uh, we did the Prince John, and now we're oh, doing Perfect so- Day toilet cleaners. And- They're a very common commodity. 
Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. That's oh, pretty good. Moses. Save us Arsh before we no, flush I'm... it down the podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll check it. I'm excited to see it actually. Um that's been I've had that circle for a while. I need to get around to it. So so this brings us to the Oscars. And of course I know it's Jason's favorite time of the year. And so I'll start the bidding <laughs> by <laughs> saying that I just sense a lack of excitement this whole year. Uh, number one, that uh, that the movies aren't being talked about quite as much, and that the awards are pretty much set. Do, uh, do you I, think did... so? I mean, not. I don't. I mean, actors. Like the acting category. Frankly, the only one I'm really interested in is the acting category because every one of those guys, you you can have your favorite, but right. you're, you're looking right. at. I mean, Bradley Cooper, maybe people say, oh, he had the makeup on and, and there was a vanity project. But Coleman Domingo, it, you know, he, he was amazing in Rush and Rust and Paul Giamatti and yeah, Cillian Paul Murphy and, and Jeffrey Wright. All those guys could. Giamatti and Jeffrey Wright. There is there there is a contest there. But, uh, you know, Cillian Murphy is uh, just seems to he's won everything. I think and it'll be Killian Murphy. I do. I I'm he just won I sag. put my money. Did I say Cillian? We all it's Killian. Eh, I learned that kill, I learned kill. that on 60 Minutes. I was calling him oh. Cillian for a year. All right. We won't seal you for it. Well, we'll okay. <laughs> but um Well, you're but, killing me. <laughs> you're killing me. Um Yeah, a lot of people thought maybe uh, you know, um Giamatti might, you know, bounce, you know, have a shot finally at, at, at winning here. Um, but uh but I think the sag win for Killian hope, hope I'm hoping pushes him over the edge. Because I mean, come on, he can't, that whole movie is is Oppenheimer is just incredible. There's like close ups on his face for a lot of that, and he, he just carries that yeah, whole thing. He does. Yeah, I mean, it's just a hell of a movie, uh, Oppenheimer. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, as far as uh, Giamatti goes, I guess all three of us have uh, encountered him and met him over the years, and he is a really, really, really good guy. Yeah, I, I was at the uh, Palm Springs Film Festival, right? Where they where they gave him an, an acting award, and uh, the nice thing about Palm Springs is that they know they're going to win, so they, they prepare a speech. And he went up there and they don't, there's no hook. No one, no one's pulls you off. They let you just, they trust you that you'll do the right thing. And he just told the story about this teacher that, that he, he was an awkward kid. He would, no one liked him. And this teacher said, why don't you come be in a play? Maybe, you know, maybe that's something that you'd, you'd like to do. And it was that guy. He said, that guy is the reason I'm standing here tonight. And then he just told the story so beautifully and wonderfully. And again, you get that sense that, that Jamadi is a guy who, uh, uh, who, 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 understands his own talent but he also understands very well how lucky he is because lots of people with great talent don't get to stand on stage and accept an award although yeah. his father was the president of yale <laughs> and later <laughs> when his father the baseball commissioner too really is that the same giamatti yeah yeah same and, guy oh i didn't know that yeah so but I, yeah. well, always... I mean, I'd be happy if you did. If I'd be pleased if he if he pulled it off, because you know, goodwill built up for him since Sideways. I watched Sideways, uh, you know, a few months ago. It's still that's still really a good, good, good movie. Just really, oh, yeah. it's great. It's absolutely great. But yeah, I, I mean, we it... watched. We sat down and we watched Flowers of the Killer Moon. Uh, Killers of the Killers Flower, of the flower moon. moon. Did you watch <laughs> it backwards? <laughs> Moonies of the Killer m Flowers. Moonies of the Killer yeah. Flowers. <laughs> Timer hopping. 
<laughs> the interest time, of zones. <laughs> if we watched it from start to finish, Gina and I. We didn't, yeah. you know, I had seen it in fits and starts. And uh, and I was a lot more impressed on the second viewing. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Jason, you and I had talked. Uh, I didn't like the way they ended it. And this time I thought, well, you know, okay, that's a nice, you know, that's fine. Because yeah, you knew it was coming this time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I, really en- I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think she's going to, I think she just won at SAG last week. So I think, um, I think it's probably hers to, to lose it. I mean, Emma Stone was sort of winning some stuff early. You know, but poor, I think things. That poor things. I just never. Did you see poor things, Bill? I didn't. No. Oh, God. Um, but I, I, know, I, I want I just, to because of, only because I feel like I have to. It's uh, not for everybody. I mean, it's one of those where you're like, okay, I know the performance. She, she goes for broke. Uh, but like as things. an overall I movie, just, it's going to be know, off-putting. To, yeah. it just, <laughs> it's almost I, a gratuitous. Uh, uh, but, I'm, um, just, I'm not there. I just. Uh, I think Lily Gladstone is going to pull it off. Um, even She's though, the heart she, of the movie. Yeah, she absolutely should, is. I wish they would. I've said this before. I wish they would have given her even more to do in the movie. A lot of times she's sort of on the sidelines, sort of like Ingrid Bergman in Notorious, you know, getting poisoned off screen while we're following. Is she a supporting or or actress? It's it's lead actress, but, but I will say it's a, it's a deserving win and performance. I mean, like it's, it's like a nuanced, um, a performance. She has to do do a lot of, you know, quiet performance with their face. But Annette, Annette Benning has to win someday. She's the, she is, she may be our greatest living screen actor. And, and she always gets overlooked. Yeah, well, this could be the year be. they decide not to overlook her. Yeah. So we're thinking, uh, what are we thinking? Murphy or maybe Giamatti, but I'm going to go Murphy uh, for actor. Murphy, Gladstone, yeah. Overstone Gladstone, for Robert Downey. And supporting um, is Downey Jr. finally. And Divine and, Joy uh, Randolph for holdovers. Is that what Yeah, yeah, yeah. Divine yeah. Joy Randolph was the heart of the holdovers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then, but then, I mean, Picture and director is going to be, I think, Oppenheimer. This That's is finally Christopher right. Nolan's yeah. year. It's been it's a long be. time that coming. That was just a great, great movie. Oh, yeah. My yeah. Fa- favorite of the year and um, a deserving win. And it's one of those where, it, um, I, to your point, Arch, like, I think maybe maybe critics like people like us in this room, maybe like you're saying that it's not as exciting because we kind of know what's going to happen. Oppenheimer's been winning everything. But like. But I'm gonna push back a little bit, maybe just because I'm an eternal Oscar optimist, and I get I get <laughs> yes, so coffeeed up yes. and excited about it. But I think it's gonna be a fun. I think it'll be a fun broadcast, like for mainstream people, because you know there's gonna be so much Barbie stuff. That was the biggest. And, and, you know, Ryan Gosling's gonna perform. I'm just Ken. Like so, I think it will draw yeah. some mainstream eyeballs because this will. If if Barbie or Oppenheimer, we think it's gonna be Oppenheimer. If one of them wins, which we think is going to happen, Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. it'll be the first blockbuster to win Best Picture in 20 years since Lord really? of the Ring Return of the wow. King. Um, Argo was probably the closest, but even that was a little further down, you know, the, the mm-hmm. list. Titanic. Of um, but yeah, well, Titanic, Titanic in 97. Uh, but yeah. then, but yeah, and then Lord of the Rings was like, oh, oh man, three. 97, that's. That's a long time ago. That's long almost ago. 30 years ago. So we're still oh, yeah. a week out from the Oscars. And doesn't 2023 seem like a very long time ago? That's the, that's the problem. They need to have mm-hmm. the Oscars mm-hmm. in like, you know, late January, February. And you know well, what Jason, I mean? You're, like, you're too young to be, be remember this. But remember, Arch, when they used to be in April? Yeah. 
Right. When I was in college, the world moved slower back then. It was different. You know, it's not 24 seven social media. That makes, that makes March 10th or whatever feel like. Bob Hope's line used to be welcome to the Oscars or as they call it at my house. Passover. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. No, I would, I would like it to align with the calendar year a little, a little better, but I know these things take time to vote, but, uh, but I know, I guess, I guess to me, I think it's an exciting thing for the movie industry that you have, you know, Barbenheimer, you have, you have a blockbuster Oppenheimer that gets that a movie like tons of people saw, you know, it's like top, you know, what was it? Five of the year, maybe top two globally. I can't, but, um, behind Barbie, but, uh, the fact that that could win to me, it's like ending two decades of the, of a more art house bend of the Oscars. And we, you know, back when it's bringing it back to the Lord of the Rings and the Titanics and, Rocky and Forrest Gump, you know, when best, you know, when blockbusters used to win. The knock on Oppenheimer was that it was too much of an art film. Actually, right. it, was like it was a really expensive art came film. Came out to an art film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. so, speaking of art films, it's time for us to pitch it to the artful world of Lou Cats and Hound Radio that make this show possible. And we have a really fun feature we do every weekend. Check this out. According to the Webster Dictionary, the definition of the word stiff, when used as a noun, is a flop or failure. So Hound Radio, lover of floppy ears and all kinds of music, invites you to enjoy an hour of musical flops and failures. Hey, it's Lou. Thanks to Lisa over in Falls Church, one of our Hound listeners. She has sent in a classic stiff Came in number 58 in 1972 on the Billboard charts. We call it Sunday Night Stiffs. Each weekend for an hour, Hound Radio will play nothing but lost songs that never became hits. Some are singles, some are album tracks, but they all have one thing in common. They're stiffs. Got one you want to hear? Send it to Lou at HoundRadio.com. There's only one internet radio station that's bold enough or dumb enough to do this. It's Sunday Night Stiffs, every weekend from 9 till 10 on Hound Radio. As we wrap up, uh, you know, what are we going to recommend for the weekend? I'd, I want everybody to go out and find perfect days. It's just, it's really worthwhile. I haven't been excited about a movie like this in a long time. What do you guys recommend? I'll I'll recommend Ordinary Angels. I, that's still in theaters. Ordinary Angels. And it's a, it's a film that is... I guarantee it better than you think it is. I'll 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 second that, and also you know catch up on whatever Oscar nominees you you haven't seen because that's that's coming up, and uh, and I'll for Richard Lewis I'll I'll recommend Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> you know what I love Men, he has Men, he has that uh, he has that he has that mole on his face and the mole migrates across his face in the course <laughs> of the movie. It was I, like I Igor. Mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, I just, uh, that was a childhood favorite and da- young Dave Chappelle and the rest. And my, oh, my wife and I just went back and revisited Princess Bride. That's her favorite movie the other night. Mm. And speaking of Carrie Elwes, and it's sort of the somewhat of a spoof send up of a swashbuckler. But, but yeah, Men in Tights. I mean, Men, a lot of people, Mel Brooks did a lot of his best stuff in, you know, in the late 60s and 70s, you know, producers and Blazing Saddles and Young yeah, Frankenstein. Yeah. But, uh, but Men in Tights, I, I think, was like a return to form there in the early 90s. So I'll, Did you ever watch the TV series he did called uh, When Things Were Rotten? No, <laughs> I, I have. That I watched one. the new History of the World or some of the new one. But what was it telling me about that one? 
Well, it was it was Men in Tight. So he first did it as a TV series, it was sort of like the airplane thing or the uh, police squad thing. There was some thing. kind of a theme song that went with it. We're there. men, we're men in tights. We're men in tights. We're we're from the rich. Things. I think it's the same the song that they use in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that was um, in the TV show. I think yeah, so. Right. And it was Dick Dick yeah. Godier and um, <laughs> Gosh, blast from the past. Anyway, it was very very funny, and it was on for like four weeks. And then he said, "I'm making and, a movie out of this." As we wrap up, are the Oscars uh, as exciting as they used to be? Or shall I say, <laughs> nostalgia isn't as good as it used to yeah. be. <laughs> I mean, it's it's definitely not the place and culture it used to be back with the Titanic high watermark we talked yeah. about. But it's... Um, I'm hoping for a comeback, but I, I don't know. I just think it's more that society is so splintered in general uh, across all the different platforms. And the Oscars, they're still the most watched non-sport show of the year. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. name every listener out there, name whatever your favorite show is, and it loses to the Oscars. I'm just saying. No, but no, overall, it's it's not. The rating is not. But the I'm Oscars. Gonna, I'm going to fight for it, baby. The Oscars remind us every year that the movies are still important. Even when people aren't going to the movies, the movies are there, the background, they're the background noise of our culture, even more so than TV, I think, because they're more selective. And so, I think they and, get, and, when, you, when they get a nominee, they get people to go see this yeah. time of year. I mean, we complain that they're so late, but it does allow people in January, February, March to go see a bunch of movies they might not have other, otherwise seen. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I'm going to go out and hunt for the taste of, because I got the taste of a good movie in my mouth. And... So uh, so thankful that both of you could uh, join me today. Uh, Bill Newcott, Saturday Evening Post, SaturdayEveningPost.com. Jason Fraley, WTOP and WTOP.com. And the great Lou Katz at Hound Radio that makes this show possible. Uh, I'm Arch Campbell, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks, and then then we'll really hash up the Oscars. Yeah, so Oppenheimer will be best picture next time you join the air. Just saying. <laughs> That's true. This is the Cats Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a podcast.